we will never be the same when we encounter the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Rejoice. He has come for you. He has come for me. He has come for you. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas from our staff to you. Merry Christmas from our Brentwood family to you. We are grateful that you are here this morning. And if you're visiting with us and this is your first time, I want to welcome you. My name is Fadi. I'm the multiplication minister here at Britwood Baptist. I'm honored and privileged to be here with you this morning. And I'm delighted that we're able to share this very special moment. Christmas is really the greatest gift humanity will ever receive. I do have an advice for you today. If you have a plan, just don't go to the mall. I, I made a mistake yesterday. I thought, well, I've got one more gift. <laughs> There's always one more gift to get, right? And so I made a mistake. I thought, I'm going to run to the mall. Maybe the Lord will bless me with some good sales, like 99% or something. And, and I, as soon as a product walked right into the mall, I thought, what have I done to myself? So, <laughs> so but Merry Christmas to you. I heard of a lady who... Uh, who always gets good gifts for her family at Christmas time. She takes a long time, way before Christmas. She doesn't do what I do December 24th, but she begins shopping way early before it gets crowded in the season. So she, she thought she'll get it done this year, but her job was demanding double shifts and all of that. So she couldn't get to doing any gifts, so she thought the best I could do perhaps is buy a Christmas card box and send cards to everybody that I love, my family and my friends and, and my neighbors and everyone around me. So she started writing cards as fast as she can. She would write a card, put an envelope, kind of label it, put the address on, ready to mail and on and on. She got to the last card and she thought, wait a minute, I, I better read what this card is saying. <laughs> so she opened the card and it said right on the inside, Merry Christmas, a gift is on the way to you. She had to do some <laughs> Christmas shopping right after, really. her. Uh, she decided she can do it that year. But Merry Christmas to you. A gift is on the way to you. The greatest gift has been on the way for all humanity. What Mary sang for us truly is true. Rejoice, for he has come to you. He's the greatest gift of all time. Would you stand with me in honor of the Word of God, the living Word of God? And I will turn to Isaiah chapter 9 and we'll read one of the greatest prophecies regarding Christmas. It's on the screen. Would you join me? And let's give attention to these two beautiful verses that gives us the promise and the prophecy of his coming. For how many of you know that the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ was prophesied by the Father and then it was declared and, and, and fulfilled as the angels came and, and spoke of his coming to the shepherds and we'll look at that in just a moment. The Bible says in verse 6, For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace, the dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Father, for your fulfilled promise, for what you have accomplished for us, what you've accomplished in us, and what you'll continue to accomplish through the ages until we are in your presence celebrating and glorifying your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Someone said that the, that the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ is the most unique birth in all of the earth. The word unique literally means one of a kind and has no equal. What a true description of the Lord Jesus Christ. His birth, one of a kind, and he has absolutely no equal. Now, we love Christmas carols. I do love to sing these wonderful hymns that reminds us of what his birth is all about. Now, can you imagine this, this prophecy in the book of Isaiah was prophesied of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ 700 years before he was born. 700 years. Can you imagine a child's pronouncement 700 years before he's born? Not only that, it, it also tells us what his name is going to be. It tells us what his mission is going to be like. It tells us who he's going to be and what he'll be for the nations, for the kingdoms, and for the earth. 700 years before he was born, the Lord prophesied through Isaiah the birth of God the Son, of the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. You know, this is a beautiful pro prophecy, one of the 25 prophecies in the book of Isaiah. Someone said, if you really want to know and, 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 and learn about the prophetic declarations concerning the coming of Jesus, there is no better than the book of Isaiah. 25 prophecies speak of Messiah Christ. 25 of them speak of him. And here he's given us this prophecy. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Again, I do love singing Christmas carols. Here's one of them. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconcile. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. With angelic host proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark, the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. Amen? Glory to the newborn king. I want to give you three things concerning the newborn king that will cause us to glorify his holy name today. I want to first speak of the glory of the newborn king, the glory of the newborn king. Now, Isaiah gives us his prophecy, and that very prophecy, the angels of God came to the shepherds in an open field and declared the same prophecy almost to them. Listen to it in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Luke 2, 10 and 11. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Good news of great joy that will be for all people. What is that good news? Today in the city of David, a savior was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord. Isn't that awesome? So that declaration was given 700 years before he was born, affirmed by the angel to the shepherds that that day a Savior will be born for all of us in Bethlehem. He'll be born for all of us in Bethlehem. Did you notice what Isaiah said? He says, unto us a child is born. That speaks of his humanity. And then it says, unto us a son 
is given. That speaks of his deity. And then the next verse says, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And that speaks of his sovereignty, his humanity, his deity, his sovereignty. You know, that literally means that that baby born in Bethlehem is none other than God himself. Full humanity, sinless son of God. He is also the sovereign God. He's the deity God that was born unto us. He's God who's come to be with us in the flesh. Thank God for Isaiah. He puts it all together for us. And in Isaiah chapter 7, he gives him that name inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. The word Emmanuel, the name Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. He's come to tabernacle with us to save us, to redeem us, and to change our lives and to secure us all unto eternity. Did you notice what he said? A child is born and a son is given. He doesn't say a son is born. He says a son is given. You know, isn't that the fulfillment of John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That baby born in Bethlehem's manger is none other than God himself. Somebody say amen. Can I show it to you? Here's John 1.1. John 1.1 is a wonderful scripture. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word. That word, word, is the word logos. That's a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Now notice, it says, in the beginning. That speaks of him being eternal. What does that mean? It literally means before he was born in Bethlehem, he was God. When he was born in Bethlehem, he was God. After he was born in Bethlehem, he still is God. And he is God today sitting on his throne receiving the glorious worship of the angels and the redeemer of the Lord. Amen. And one day you and I will stand before him to honor him as the Lord of lords and King of kings. So listen, before in the beginning he was God and the word was with God. That speaks of God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit together before he was born in Bethlehem. That speaks of his eternality. It speaks of his personhood with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit of God before he was born. And so, and then the Bible says he made a decision to come and be with us. That's God's gift for us. Listen to John 1.14. The Bible says in John 1.14, the word, that's a reference to the Lord, became flesh and tabernacle. He came and dwelt among us and we observed, we beheld his glory, the glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and full of truth. He is God who's chosen to come to be with us to die on our behalf and to redeem us from our sinful nature. Amen. As a matter of fact, let me show you even more about his glory. John 1.18, the Bible said, No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son. That means he was there before Bethlehem, who is himself God and is at the Father's side. He has declared him. 
revealed him. He has declared him and revealed him. Can I share with you one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible? And I have to calm myself down when I share the scripture because it excites me about who Christ is to me and to the nations and to you and to the world. First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. Listen to it. Let's rejoice. This is the story of God himself. The story of Christmas. And most certainly uh, it writes the apostle. The mystery of godliness is great. What is that mystery? Watch it. He was manifest in the flesh that's John 1 14 vindicated in the spirit seen by angels preached among the nations believed on in the world and taken up into glory that's the gospel in a nutshell that's Bethlehem and the purpose of Bethlehem and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ he came he died. He conquered death and hell and the grave. He was resurrected, ascended, and one day he's coming back for us. Oh, the glory of the Son of God, God the Son. The second thing I want you to see, not only the glory of God the Son, the newborn king, I want you to see the ministry of the newborn king. Why would God choose to become and be a man? By the way, perfect, sinless man. Why? For three reasons. Number one, he came to reveal, he came to redeem, and he came to reign. Here it is. He came to reveal the Father to us. If you want to know what the Father is like, look at the life of Jesus Christ. He said, I and the Father are one. Philip came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, show us the Father and we will believe. And Jesus said, Philip, I've been with you for so long. And you have not known who I am? You see, he was saying, I am the Father. As a matter of fact, on every page of the Gospel of John, you will find Jesus in some ways declaring that he is God, that he is God. You see, he's come to reveal the Father. Secondly, he's come to redeem us. He came and died for us. He came and conquered sin for us. And he was resurrected. By his death and resurrection, he's brought us into the redemption that we could have. So our lives can be saved and secured forever in Christ. In Christ Jesus. He came to reveal the Father. He came to redeem us. And thirdly, he came to reign. When I gave my life to Jesus Christ, he has come to reign in my heart. He sits on the throne of my life. His will guides me. Watch this now. He not only is going to reign in me. One day he's coming back to reign the nations and the governments of the earth. Yes, sir. When he came the first time, it was the first advent. When he comes the second time, the second advent, he will come in to rapture the church. And for once and for all to redeem all of creation, all of humanity, everything that is created before sin and had fallen to sin, Christ will come and redeem that. And the Bible said in 2 Samuel chapter 7 that he will sit on the throne of his father David. He was of the lineage of David. It's a reference to the fact that he will sit on the throne and gathers the nations to himself and reign. You see, when he came the first time, he came in humility. When he comes the second time, he'll come in majesty. When he came the first time, he came, listen, in humanity. But when he comes the second time, he'll come in glory. When he came the first time, he came to die as the Lamb of God for our sins. When he comes the second time, he'll come as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Amen. What is his ministry all about? He he came to reveal the Father, to redeem us, and to reign in life. Let me give you the third thing about the newborn king. He not only will see his glory, not only we see his ministry, but the third thing I want you to see, we see the gifts 
that the newborn king will bring. Amidst all the names that was given to Christ, Isaiah gives us four names. Here they are. First of all, he's a wonderful counselor. The first name, Jesus, is our wonderful counselor. And our counselor directs us. Because he's our wonderful counselor, he will direct us. And that deals with the decisions of life. The decisions of life. As a matter of fact, the, the real transformation of those two words is it, not only a wonderful counselor. He's a wonder of a counselor, the Bible said. You see, when he spoke in the temple in John chapter 7, everyone spoke of what he had said and said, none has ever spoken like that before. Would you not like to have Jesus as your counselor? He knows all about you. He knows about your circumstances. He knows what you're facing. And he will give you the counsel that will guide you, direct you, and keep you in the will of God. Number one, Jesus is our wonderful counselor. He directs us. Secondly, he's a mighty God. He strengthens us. He's the mighty God who strengthens us. You see, as a counselor, he guides us through the demands, the directions of life. As a mighty God, he helps us with the demands of life. We are weak to handle things on our own, but God said, I'll grant you my strength to deal with the demands of life. And thirdly, not only he's, he's a wonderful counselor, he directs us. Not only he's a mighty God, he strengthens us. Thirdly, Jesus is our everlasting Father, and He secures us. He secures us. As a matter of fact, the word eternal Father, it speaks of the source. He is the Father of eternality. He's the maker of eternal life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. First John said, if you have the Son, you have eternal life. If you don't have the Son, you don't have eternal life. And He, as the source of eternal life, he secures everyone who comes to him. He said, I'll not lose anyone who will come to me. And lastly, he's a wonderful counselor. <clears throat> he's a mighty God. He's an everlasting father. And he's the prince of peace. And as the prince of peace, he satisfies us. One day, this earth is going to have real peace. When he reigns and rules on this earth, he will reign like a father, not like a dictator. He will reign with compassion and care and love, just like a paternal father. And you need him in your heart. You need him as a prince of peace in your heart. The Bible teaches us that we need to have the peace of God. So when we come to him and ask him to save us and live in us, he gives us the peace of God. And then when we walk with him saved, he'll give us peace with God. <clears throat> we will walk with him in the peace that overcome everything that we face. Amen. And you don't need to wait until he comes again to have him in your life. You could have Christ in you right now by praying. Prince of Peace, come into my heart. Save me. Change me. Be my counselor and direct me. Be my mighty God and strengthen me. Father, be my everlasting source and secure me. Lord, be my peace and satisfies me. And I promise you, he will come into your heart and make all of that to become true. Now, since the beginning of the month, we begin lighting the special candles. We lit the candle of hope and the candle of peace. We lit the candle of love. And this morning, we've come to the moment where we're going to light the candle of Christ. This world needs the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the door. I am the shepherd. I am the gate. I am the way. 
I am the truth. I am life. I am the bread of life. Then he made one more statement. In the great I am's that he is, I am the light of the world. And today we're going to light the Christ candle, the light of this world. I'm going to ask our staff to come. We'll ask some of our children to come. And they're going to have their candles lit. And they're going to come around and share that light with you. And then we will celebrate together the light of Christ. Amen. Amen.